0: Got it. All right. uh, Yeah, there's two services. You know, it's not my favorite. I do love doing church with everyone here. But I'll tell you, uh, one, I think now we have more room to grow. You can't grow if it's full, right? So it's just like you can't keep eating if you're full. Well, maybe you can. If it's ice cream, cobbler. I don't know how I went down that road. I don't know. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you are here. Uh, Everyone online that's joining us this morning or this afternoon or evening when you decide to watch We're grateful that you're tuning in with us Um, It is November 1st You know, I know Thanksgiving's around the corner. I'm really happy for Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays Uh, And it's not the food believe it or not. I'm not a big fan of Thanksgiving food Uh, I know that sounds weird, but turkey has never been my thing. So this year I'm probably just going to do up a tri-tip, because it tastes better. And they probably should have done that back when the Mayflower landed, if that was really when they had the first Thanksgiving, they should have just did a tri-tip, because it's better. Anyway, it is November 1st, I'm glad that you guys remembered to set your clocks forward. I don't think there was anybody here an hour early this morning. Um, Is it back? Spring? I thought spring forward, fall back. Oh, it's not spring, it's fall. I didn't know what part of the five-year 2020 we were in. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride so far. I didn't know really what time it was. Uh, anyway, that's okay though. It is a beautiful uh, Sunday or that we've had this morning with the sunshine. We had a really good time yesterday. It was so much fun. I don't know about you guys, but I really felt, even though we were at the church and outside in the lawn over there, I really felt like we were a part of the community. And honestly, that's what we should feel like here as the church is we are a part of the community, not a church in the community. The church should be helping lead the culture, not just be a part of the culture, because that's not how this all works. So I want to thank all of you that came and helped and served. Thank you everyone that gave candy. We had people that are online uh, that give to the church that gave candy from far, far away. We have people that watch in Canada. We have people that watch in Australia. We have people that watch in Michigan, uh, Mexico, uh, California, Arizona, Idaho, you name it. There are people that watch from all over the place and they give online specifically for events like this. So it was just really fun to see the church not just lighthouse but the church come together to help that be a great event yesterday and then there was these moments of people that come through and they're like hey pastor and i'm like i don't know who you are and it was really fun it all started with with uh, irma she pulls up and she's decorating her car and i'm just like I don't know who that is. And it took me a second, and then finally I go, hey, how's Lenny? And she's like, Lenny who? And I'm like, oh, so for like five seconds she got me, and I'm just like, oh man, this isn't her. I feel so stupid. <laughs> you know, here I am I'm the pastor, you're supposed to know who everybody is, right? And then I go, and then it reminded I remembered that she posted a picture of him as a bad Batman. She was Batman smoking. It was just it was Batman. And so I asked her how Batman was, and she goes, he's feeling good, he just didn't want to come down tonight. And then I realized it was Irma, and I was like, whew, man. But we had Kim, she dressed up as her husband. Um, I think that was classic, because I honestly would never want to see my wife as me. Um, She pulled it off pretty good, man.
1: We realized it really
0: wasn't you when it got cold out. She couldn't man up. It just She couldn't hold the cold in the shorts and the t-shirt. But uh, it, was, it really was a lot of fun. Uh, the church came together. We served the community. We saw folks that we've never met before come through that say they were interested in the church because of it. Really, that's what we're doing. It's about being intentional and just serving with a smile on our face. You know, just being the Lord in all places. And um, I talked to someone this morning. They're like, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that don't really like Halloween because we're the church. Well, many people don't realize that Halloween is one of the only biblical holidays that we actually celebrate. And not to mention that it actually isn't Halloween and how we celebrate it now, but it was about bringing in the harvest. It is a biblical holiday. None of the other ones are. None of them. But they were intertwined. So either way. Whether it was a biblical holiday or not a biblical holiday, we do all things to move the kingdom forward, and that's what we did yesterday, and I really enjoyed it, and I just want to thank everybody for being a part of that. And now, we have something even more exciting coming up, Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas is great. Um, our building is about to be decorated over the top. I love how uh, the folks of the church come together and decorate them here. It is way over the top. I love it when it's over the top. It reminds me when I was a little kid. I'd go into my grandmother's house, and she had, like, 97 Christmas trees. It was insane. No room for gifts, but she had Christmas trees. And we loved it as children. We would go in. The entire family was there. That was the best part about it. You actually felt home when you would walk in as a small child into my grandmother's house. And uh, now... She still has a lot of trees, but it's just its just not the same. The older you get, you know, those things fade. But what's nice is they do it here. So those memories that we had as children or growing up, we can still have memory, and we can still have a good time, and we're going to do that here. So they're not only going to decorate the inside this year, and they're going to decorate the foyer this year. We're going to open up the church. And December 1st, we're going to invite the entire community to come to our church for some hot chocolate, some music, and we're gonna light the church. There's no good tree lighting in our county. Every tree lighting, I think all the trees are about as tall as this table. And they're like, okay, are you ready? We got one strand this year. <laughs> they come on and you're just like, Woo. I don't want to just a woo. I want a whoa. That is awesome. Because every year, every year we do something in this church, This just gonna get bigger every year. Just like Halloween yesterday. It's going to get bigger next year. We're going to have 40 cars decorated and 5,000 kids instead of 2,000 kids. We really only had almost 400 kids, not 2,000. But if you pray for 2,000 and you have 400, what do you have? A success. We had one kid show up and I go, oh, thank God someone came. I was really, and they came early. So that was really great. Anyway, that is happening. We have this, the church lighting is going to happen December 1st. The decorating is going to start right away. We're going to start putting lights up right away. We're going to start decorating right away. We're going to move right into Thanksgiving. I don't have any problem seeing a Christmas tree while having Thanksgiving. Because honestly, I give thanks to the Lord in all things. So when we're sitting around the family dinner tables and there's a tree, it's reminding us that a child was born for the forgiveness of sin. So why not have that at the dinner table? So decorate to the nines this year. Have fun with it. It's going to be great. Uh, We're going to have a big give that will start right after Thanksgiving. We did that last year, and we did that for the the church uh, mortgage that has been going way down, which is incredible. This year we're going to do something outside the church, and we will announce that soon. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, so that's coming soon. Anyway, let's pray. Let's get started. I know many of you guys are probably like, but did you just preach already? I want to go home. I came to the early service for a reason. I'm just kidding. All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this beautiful weather that you're giving us. I thank you for every person that came this morning uh, physically. I thank you for every person that came online and uh, Lord, I just ask that you would fill me up to preach your word God. Let this touch the hearts of everyone that is here, everyone that is watching and let them be more enthusiastic about who you are and who they are in you. Lord God, I thank you for this morning in your holy and precious
1: name.
0: Jesus Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever gotten to the point where you felt like you've lost your passion, your enthusiasm, you lost your spiritual mojo where you just want to get out there, you want to share the gospel, you want to share the good news with someone, you were saved and you, when you were a brand new Christian, you wanted to tell the whole world that you were a brand new Christian. You just came out of the waters of baptism and you're like, yeah, man, I'm on fire for the Lord now. And you would tell everybody for the first six months. And then it started to fade as all of your friends went from non-believers around you to only believers. You've lost your spiritual passion. You've lost the enthusiasm that you once had. One time you were super close to God. And you may still be close to God right now, but you were spiritually growing every single day. You felt like you were growing. You felt like you were doing something. And you weren't just in some rut you knew God was working in your life. Every time you worshipped, you'd come to church and you just felt his presence. And you still may feel that. But yet you've lost the enthusiasm the moment you hit the door on your way out. You felt good for the moment that you were there. But it wasn't good enough to go, you know, I've got to go tell someone about the Lord today. I've got to tell someone. And it leads us to this loss of passion for the Lord. This loss of intimacy that you once had, you were so intimate with the Lord and what he's done for you that you were willing to go and tell someone else, no matter what, you would just share your heart with them and how God worked in your life and how he's changed who you are. And um, the problem with losing the intimacy on a daily basis with the Lord, and honestly, the more that you share your faith with others, the more your faith actually grows. So what happens is when you only come to church on Sunday, and you stop reading in the Word, and you stop telling people about the Lord, you actually forget why you have faith in the first place. It just becomes this rut. What's crazy in my life, I just want to give a short story about... How I came to Jesus. My come to Jesus moment. It wasn't 35 years ago and I always wanted to be a pastor and woohoo, I fulfilled my whatever. No, that wasn't it at all. I was called to be a pastor after I went to college. I was a business major. I had a business degree. I was a golfer. I loved golf. That's where I worked at a golf course. I gave lessons and I gambled a lot and I drank a lot and I was having a great time. Life was good. It was it was amazing. I that's just what I did. I golf all the time. I made some money, had a good time, drove fancy cars, motorcycles, still lived at mom's so I could afford those things. <laughs> but what's crazy is I prayed to become a professional golfer. That's what I prayed for. I prayed, that's what I wanted to do in my life, and then I found myself complaining about the answered prayer. It's weird. Because something was still missing as I'm playing golf every day. I didn't realize necessarily it was missing. But what I was doing is I was trying to raise a son on my own. He lived with me. We got an apartment and I'm spending all my money on everything that doesn't matter. And I'm spending 70 to 80 hours a week at the golf course. My son lived there with me. I would like to say that that was really good for him. But unfortunately, what he saw is a bunch of grown men whining, complaining, throwing clubs because they're not very good at golf, drinking way too much, swearing all the time, (sighs) just trying to get better at golf, not life. Some things don't sound so bad, but really, in reality, they're not all that great. I love playing golf, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's things that you can do in life to moderation, but it wasn't about moderation. That was my life. And what was great is I did meet a guy on the golf course, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, who helped change my life. And I think God placed him right at the right time, and he was so willing and so patient with me. Like this guy could have, I didn't even realize he was a pastor at first, and I'm going down the fairway and drinking and Snap hook a shot and then throw a club in the bush and yell and cuss and just be upset with myself. And it was horrible. But yet this man kept playing golf with me. I would not have kept playing with me. Especially looking back at that. What's crazy is, eventually, uh, I did come to Jesus. And I remember myself getting, or someone asking me, hey, do you want to do the communion message on Sunday at church? Uh (laughs) Uh-uh. No, no, really, I think you'd be really good at it, and I think you should maybe give the communion message of why it is you gave yourself to Jesus. Just share that with us. Okay, gave a communion message, and now seven years later, here I am, the pastor of a church, preaching, and I'm thinking, man, he hooked me. had no idea what I was getting into. I just, I was hooked. I was excited for Jesus all the time. But even as a pastor of a church, guess what? I'm not excited for Jesus after seven years. I'm not always excited to share the gospel. I'm not always passionate about everything that I do for the Lord. It fades. And it happens to all of us. So this morning I titled this, How Do You Get Your Excitement, Your Enthusiasm for Jesus Back? How do you get that back? I realized this as I was writing this, that there are definitely two different types of people. There are always someone enthusiastic about something in some form or another. Enthusiasm doesn't always have to be joy-filled. Sometimes your enthusiasm is actually a negative enthusiasm. So what is it you're enthusiastic about? So I realize there are two types of us, and I say us because I've been both of these. And number one is those who let circumstances influence their enthusiasm. Those that will say, hey, this is what I'm going through, so this is how I'm enthusiastic about my life right now. It happens to all of us. I would say that's more of, uh, and I don't want to say it too harshly, but that's more of the victim mentality in that. You're allowing your circumstance to dictate your joy. You're allowing your circumstances to dictate how you are enthusiastic for the Lord. When things aren't going so good, you're not enthusiastic at all for the Lord. Why would the Lord make me go through this? Whatever. And then, secondly, there's those who use their enthusiasm to dictate their circumstances. Those who are enthusiastic about life on a regular basis, about following the Lord on a regular basis, so much so that that is what influences their circumstance. Yesterday, you could have said, Oh, I've got to go through the trick or treat thing. And you could have had that influence as a bad thing, or you could have went enthusiastically and allowed that to influence the rest of your night. Depends on how you look at things, and we always are really good at spinning it, however we want, in a moment's notice. I had someone text me last night, "Hey, we're in Portland. Our dog's not doing so good." Huh? Portland. <laughs> yeah. They could have said, "You know what? I'm going to let this dictate my day tomorrow, and instead, they didn't do that. Instead, they came enthusiastically to church instead of dragging the church. Do I want to go to church, or do we get to go to church? Do you see the difference? That's what it is. We get to go to church. It is a freedom that we have in the United States. We get to go and worship God together, and we should do that enthusiastically every Sunday. Not, hey, do you want to go to church today? No. Hey, we get to go to church today. These guys did it every day 2,000 years ago, enthusiastically, even though they could have been stuck on a stake and burned. Sounds crazy. They were enthusiastic about getting to go. Who were you this morning when you walked in? I love the word enthusiasm and where it derived from. It derived from the Greek word in entheos. Entheos, which actually means in God. So if the word enthusiasm came from entheos, which meant in God... Is that why all these crazy Christians are always walking around so joy-filled all the time? Because they're in God? And that's where we should be getting our enthusiasm? Enthusiasm should come naturally to us because each one of us in here that is in God, in Christ, should be walking enthusiastically. It sounds so simple, but sometimes it's just not. And we just get complacent with ourselves and we decide, you know... It's just easier to just be comfortable. It's easier to just fall back into something going, yeah, I believe I'm a Christian, it's all good, but I'm just going to stay right here. It's hard to walk enthusiastically every single day with a positive joy in your life. But when we get to go to church, you leave more enthusiastically than if you say, I guess we're going to go to church again. Hear the same thing. Watch that Daniel again up there. Man, you guys need to be more enthusiastic. You get to listen to me. That's confidence, not arrogance, guys. Come on. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. We get to do this together. We get to worship together. This is all about us coming together and listening to the word of God together. It has nothing to do with me has everything to do with us and the Lord not me I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 I did the New Living Translation on this so if you have your Bibles open this might read a little different it says but thank God verse 57 thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ thank God we should be saying that every single morning our eyes pop open thank God Boom! Enthusiasm. For what? Victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. When we are working on a daily basis in our lives, what are we working for? Why and who? Jesus. That's where our enthusiasm needs to come from. Enthusiasm comes from the word entheos, which means in Christ. So that should be enthusiastic about working for him all the time. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. If you go share the Lord with someone, whether you're just loving on someone in the name of Jesus, or you're actually telling them the gospel... You should do it so enthusiastically that people are like, dude, you're nuts, but I want some. That's what happens. We are a creature of what is exciting. That's why when you go car shopping, you're like, oh, did you smell the inside of that thing? Did you feel how that was when we drove down seaside through all of those potholes? It was amazing. We like things that are good. And guess what is really good? God. Jesus says the only thing is good is God. But yet we see all these shiny things in the world. And when we focus on those shiny things more and more and more and more, we forget about where the enthusiasm really should be coming from. In Christ. We need to work enthusiastically for the Lord. And I'll tell you, last night was great. The enthusiasm that I saw in every single person serving there yesterday. It was fantastic. Because of the joy that we had in our hearts handing out all the candy to these kids walking around, they had the enthusiasm to want to receive it. Sounds easy. What kid wouldn't be enthusiastic about receiving something yummy, something good? So why is it when we want to go share the gospel with someone, we walk out and we're like, oh, give me the right words to say, I truly want to. If you go with enthusiasm to share the gospel with someone, guess who wants to receive it enthusiastically? They want to receive something good because they see that it is good and they want what is good. Just like yesterday, handing out candy. Oh, here's some candy. Do you want a lot of candy or a little candy? There were a few kids that only wanted one. It was great because then they got a lot. It's that simple. I'm telling you guys right now, it's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for. Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for you? I hope not. But when we do it, man, we get something out of it, don't we? Even though it's not for us. And usually when we do it and it's not for us, it's even better for us. It's crazy how that works. And God knew that all along. I was asking these kids yesterday, do you want one piece or five? 90% of them said five. So they got five. But the kid that said one got two huge handfuls. It's humility. It's humble. I only need one. I love it. What are we doing it for? Why do we share the gospel? Do we share it for us? No. And when we go out and share it when it's not for us, he gives us so much more in return. Man, does he fill us up with two handfuls when we didn't do it for ourselves. We do it for them. We do it for the person that doesn't know who Jesus is. That we want them to experience the love and the enthusiasm that we have for the Lord. We want them to experience that. And when they do, man, I bet you everything in the world that puts a smile on our Savior's face. He gets excited just like we do. He goes, man, way to go, good and faithful servant. Did you see how they accepted my offering, my sacrifice, my love? And it brought enthusiasm enthusiasm to them. We do it for the Lord. And he fills us up. Because we didn't do it for us. We can't forget that, yeah, hey, we're used for the equation. God said, hey, I'm going to need you to go and make disciples. But while you're out there doing it, it's not about you. I'm just using you. I hope you feel used. But in a good way. We should be enthusiastic about being a vessel for the Lord. Every one of us. He has filled our cup so full that it just overflows. But yet we choose to try to catch what's coming out for ourselves. And keep it to ourselves. No, let it overflow to our community. Let it keep just going and going to others like a stream. It's constant. His love is constant. And we should be so enthusiastic about that love that just keeps flowing into our life that it, we allow it to fill up our faith so we go. Man, what a joyful thing. I had so much fun yesterday seeing the faces of the kids that said, oh, I'll take five, as their little brother or sister said, oh, just one. And I just... And the kids were like, oh, Just one. Just one. <laughs> It was really great. (laughs) had a lot of fun. When you work for the Lord, it transforms the something that it is that we do from being just mundane to amazing to incredible. God is so good. He will take the mundane and make it amazing. I'm mundane. I'm a boring guy. But yet he will work through me and make something outside of me amazing for his glory and his will and his purpose. The kingdom is actually growing because he's using me. It's weird. Never would I have thought that in a billion years that the Lord would want to use me. There was a lot of time I didn't want him to use me. I wanted nothing to do with him. I was so caught up with the five instead of the one. Man, so easy to do that. It's so easy for us to do that. The best example that I have, other than the candy example, is the dude on the golf course that spent so much time with me. He spent so much time with me, and he invited everyone to play. He didn't care who you were, no division. He didn't care anything about what you've done in your past. He didn't even care what you were doing now. But what he did care about is hopefully where you were going. Who is it you care about where they are going? Don't worry about what they're doing at the moment. Because what they're doing at the moment is no different than what you were doing at the moment when you had your come to Jesus moment. We were all messing up. We were all sinning. We're all doing something wrong. But you chose a direction. You chose Jesus. You chose that path. And this guy gave me so much time and he showed me what patience really looks like. Five years this man spent with me on the golf course to help transform something that was mundane to good. Man, I can't tell you how grateful I was. He's probably, some of you have heard this story. So My my mentor, Bob Wood, he's like my spiritual father. I'm like, Jesus is my, you know, he's my father. But he calls and he checks up on me once a week. How are you doing? He has, I gave him the right to speak into my life. He was the man that baptized me and why. And what's amazing is the year prior, we're on this golf course, in the middle of a tournament, this guy had to pay 300 bucks for this pro-am. I didn't have to pay anything. I was the pro. I was invited. 300 bucks for everybody else though. And here I am throwing my clubs, acting a fool on my phone, just mad as all get out on my phone. I'm drinking. He steals my phone, turns it off, throws it in his bag, comes out my drink, he goes, I paid 300 bucks for this. Don't screw it up. <laughs> you know, sometimes guys need that. In your face moment. Some women, too. I'm not going to put women down. That's you. That's you. But some of us guys, we're a little more stubborn in a different way. We're full of pride. We're proud people. Don't tell me what to do. And he did. And we actually did really well in that tournament. Because he did that for me, I did better. But what was more amazing is I didn't realize that that was the moment. That one year, well, to the day. That tournament was always in August. One year to the day, August 3rd, 2013, I was baptized. And then I went and played that that tournament with him after that baptism one year later. I didn't drink, didn't have my phone, didn't throw my clubs, no swearing. We didn't do as well, (laughs) but we had a great time doing it. And he didn't care about the 300 bucks that year. He cared about the other guy we were playing with, Sol, this time. He was working it and working it, always for the Lord. It was never about the money. It was about me not knowing the Lord. I never knew that for so long until I was baptized. He was paying $300 every year for that same tournament to help me. Because he was enthusiastic about saving souls for the Lord. It's weird. It's crazy. That's what he did. Remember, if you're walking in a depression or an anxiety or anything like that in your life and you're hurting from within, all of these things, you're conflicted, it doesn't matter. You are still enthusiastic about that. But it's time to let that part of you go. We don't want that kind of enthusiasm anymore. Because when we're living in the anxiety, we're living in the depression, we're living with the confliction, we're living with the hurts and the hang-ups and the habits and all of these things that we're dealing with in our life, it's much easier to go and be enthusiastic about the Lord as you watch those things really fade away in your life, because you're already connected to the Lord, and nothing else matters. Nothing else matters in this world. I'm not saying your families don't matter. But when you put Jesus first, they become so much more important. When you put Jesus first, the addictions are no longer important in your life because you have something else to rely on. You just look at the Lord and you realize how blessed you are with what's just around you. How much your family means to you. Jesus is what gives us real heart change. When we finally decide to be in Christ, you submit your life in Christ, it's hard. But man, the weight of the world comes off. And you have a really great reason to be enthusiastic in your life. We live in a stressful world. Everything in the world wants to just bog you down and make you hate your life and everyone around you. Don't be enthusiastic about the hate. Be enthusiastic about the Lord and let Him transform your life. I'm here to tell you that enthusiasm is not a product of your environment. Enthusiasm is not a product of your environment as much as it is a posture of your heart. Where's your heart today? Where's your heart when you walked in this morning? Was it hung up on something at home In the car? This last week? You didn't get enough candy? (laughs) Is it a product of your environment? When we make our enthusiasm a product of our environment, we are allowing that into our heart. And instead of letting our heart be what's enthusiastic because it's just filled with the Lord. It's not easy to do. I'm I'm not trying to make light of what it is as we make this life change every single day for the Lord. But when we choose the Lord, he carries our yoke with us. He chooses to walk with us as we grow every day closer and closer to Jesus. And then he transforms the mundane into the amazing. How many of you ever lost anything? From something small to someone important to you. We've all had loss of some sort in our life. But how do we stay enthusiastic through the loss? How do we so? you know what, I can be, I'm okay with that. It's much easier when you know that who we've lost in our life is in heaven with the Lord. That allows us to have some enthusiasm for the Lord saying, I can't wait to be there and see them again. I can't wait. I have people in my life. I can't wait to see them again. No more hurt, pain. How many of you have lost something little and then you get so angry because you can't find it? Maybe you lost your car keys for a reason. Because if you found them five minutes earlier, you'd be in the car, and then you realized that there was a wreck right there. And that could have been you. Instead of worrying about being late for work, be enthusiastic that the Lord just saved your life. There's always a reason for things. It's crazy how God is working all the time. I think one of the most passionate, spiritually charged, most enthusiastic, depressed, anxiety-filled person in all of Scripture was David. This guy was a mess, but he always loved the Lord even though he was going through a mess. I love this guy. It was crazy as he was a little boy who grew up to be a king. That's pretty cool. He had everything. He had spiritual enthusiasm as he was growing into being a king as he was a young boy he had all the, the courageous thoughts and enthusiasm running through his heart way before he ever knew he was going to be a king and he loved the Lord first Samuel seventeen forty five 45-46 says this David said to the Philistine this is kind of gruesome I just want to tell you guys now you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> Pretty gruesome. Some of the guys are like, yeah, awesome. I love the Bible, man. This us get some good stuff in it. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Now, I don't want you guys to go out there and find some Philistines and chop off their heads and feed them to the birds. That would be crazy, okay? I don't want anybody in prison today. But what you can look at is, what are the bad circumstances in your life right now that you could say, that's the Philistine army? me right now. That is the thing that is bringing me down. That's the thing that I am most anxious about right now. You can hit your knees and God is going to say, I will deliver that into your hands today. He's willing to take that for you today. The hardest part about that is submission. Are you willing to hit your knees enthusiastically for the Lord and say, God, I need you in this. You need to defeat this army for me that is surrounding me every single day. What is the army that is trying to defeat you right now? Is it addiction? Pornography? Lying? Shiny things? What is it? If we use this in a context that would help us today... He's like, look, hit your knees, submit to me, be enthusiastic while you do it, and I will deliver that to you today at the feet of me, and I will stomp on it for you. We should be able to go enthusiastically to do this. What's amazing is David at this time, he did not have a human confidence. He thought he was going to be defeated for a while and he hit his knees. He went to the father and he says, I cannot do this without you. And the father said, hey, I got you. I will deliver them to you. You don't have to worry about anything. And he has now he has this raw, unparalleled passion for the Lord. He is in God, in Theos, enthusiastic for the Lord right now. It is a godly passion confidence that david walked in why are you walking in that we have the same type of god it is the same spirit it is the same father it is jesus and he says look i'm going to take it all for you right now all of it and you can walk with confidence that i delivered it but please walk with enthusiasm Where did David's enthusiasm come from? Where did Bob Wood's enthusiasm come from for five years to be patient on me? Let me tell you, he trusted God daily. David trusted God daily. Saul trusted God daily. He delivered a lion and a bear. God delivered him from that. He walked with God daily. That's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially when you're mad. The last thing you want to do is pick up the word of God and you're going, why did he have to tell me that? Just wanted to be angry for a while. Man, he worshiped God daily. That's how we get through this. We worship God daily. We read his word daily. We pray daily. When I read the word of God, I go, wow, he's really there for me right now. He is there for me right now. I just feel his presence as I'm reading. As I pray daily, I know God is answering. Whether he says yes or he says no, he's still answering. Just because he doesn't say yes all the time doesn't mean he didn't answer you. Trust me, you don't always want him to answer your prayer. He knows what is best for you. I promise I tell you what, man, I was listening to that long that last song. As we were worshiping together, I can feel his presence. Not just within myself. I feel him here. He is with all of us as we come to be one together. How many of you have served someone lately and it just filled you up with blessings? Yesterday I felt that way. Man, so much when you invite someone to church and they actually come how great is that except for the fact that most of us when we invite someone to church what happens we usually stand there next to them and we keep looking at them as the music's playing i hope they like the song i hope they like the song I hope they don't think the song's weird and then then they sit down and you keep looking at them as the message is going you're like oh that was a really harsh thing i hope they did they took that well i i hope they like it you know and i hope they come back Guess what? God brought them here. They're going to hear exactly what they need to hear. You can't worry about that because then you miss what you needed to hear that day. We can't do that. How many of you have ever tithed and then God provided? You're like, man, I'm going to give, and i just like, oh, it's going to hurt. And then next thing you know, that extra check came in the mail or food showed up or somehow like there was gas in the tank. Man. Sometimes there's big things and sometimes there's little things. God is always working. But are you enthusiastic enough for the Lord to notice every day or are you caught up with what the world is offering? And there was two seasons of David. David as a kid, David as a king. David as a kid was very enthusiastic. David, as a king, he stayed home. He became complacent. He went up to the rooftop and he sinned. He took his eyes off the Lord. As a kid, he ran into battle. As a kid, he faced Goliath. But as a king, he forgot who gave it all to him. And he stood on a rooftop and said, I don't have enough. I want her. Isn't that weird? Why do we do that? all the time we take our eyes off the lord even david he was enthusiastic for the lord he would have taken anyone on for the lord and then he became a king and he became self-absorbed caught up in the world wanting more and more and more and he lost his way he took off his eyes off of his calling Many of us do that. We all have a calling. We all have a priesthood. We all should be sharing the gospel with somebody. That's our calling. Go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. That was an order. He commanded it. But yet we come to church and forget to go into all the world. Well, he sent someone To Clatsop County, and that someone planted Lighthouse Christian Church back in 1942, and then that someone moved the church outside of Seaside and made it more of a county church, Lighthouse Christian Church. And you're all here. So where is all the world for us? It's Clatsop County. It's right here. The church is here. Go into all the world. Well, go into all your neighbors. Grab them by their ears. Pull them to church. Don't do that. I didn't like it as a kid. Don't. don't. Which one are you? Which David are you when you walked in this morning? Are you the David that's charging into a spiritual battle every single day to conquer it? Because you're going with enthusiasm in theos, in Christ, knowing that he's going to take care of it for you? Or are you bored? Spiritually disengaged? Binge-watching Netflix, 24-7, not doing anything for the Lord, only for yourself, self-absorbed, selfish, not selfless, it's easy to get caught into that. Man, it's so easy. Some days, some days we need it. I get it. But those days, let's make that a Sabbath day. As you become self-absorbed, be self-absorbed in the spirit as you're Pay more attention to the Lord on those days when you're relaxing. Make it about Him. He will fill you back up. We're almost wrapped up, guys. we I love when David cried out in Psalm 51. He says, "Create created me a pure heart. <laughs> oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Restore me the joy of your salvation, not His me joy, O oh Lord. Fill me up with everything that I want in the world. No. David got it. He goes, fill me up with your joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. His spirit is what sustains us. It's not my own. When we keep going after, after self-gratification and instant gratification and all these things, we are not very enthusiastic about anything. Maybe for a second. Oh, well, yeah, look, I got a new Jeep. Wonderful. I love it every time I get in. It. But even that enthusiasm will fade. But the enthusiasm of the Lord should never fade. Should never fade. In Revelation 2, 4, Jesus is addressing the churches. That's us. We're the church. This letter could be written straight to us. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. At one moment in your life, you did love the Lord enough. You were on fire. You were enthusiastic about everything for the Lord. And then it says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. We become a Christian. We're on fire. We walk closer to the Lord. We join all the things that we can do. We want to give back to everything. And then we forget because we get caught up in the world. And Jesus is very easily just gone, hey guys, go back to what you did at first when you first realized who I am. And that's where we are today. You didn't lose it, you just lost it. Let's go find it, let's get it back. Have our enthusiasms dictate the circumstances instead of the circumstances dictating whether or not you are enthusiastic. Joy for the Lord. It's joy for the Lord. But how do you keep your passion? How do you keep from struggling every day and all of these problems? It isn't going and drinking and doing these things and filling up and getting rid of the memory cells that you have. It doesn't work. Thank God the moment you wake up every morning that you have a roof over your head because it is cold outside. Cold outside. There are a lot of people that don't have and we forget what we have. You better wake up and thank God for what you have. If you don't have much, thank Him that you're breathing. Be enthusiastic that you can breathe. Because there's some people who can't. You don't have a machine hooked to your face. You can just breathe. You have the ability to get out of a warm bed. Some don't. What are you grateful for the moment your eyes pop open? Let that start your enthusiasm. And lastly, remember what he gave us victory over? You guys, we all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have sinned. Every single one of us deserve hell. Not a one of us in here deserve heaven. And he gave us victory over our sin. And the one thing that would send us straight to hell, that should give us enthusiasm to know that our Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of sin so that we may have everlasting life in eternity in heaven with him. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. No more getting out of bed in the morning. Just snap, crackle, pop. Nope, nope, that hurts. Man,
1: I'm done with that.
0: You guys are like, oh you don't even know, man. You're only forty. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't want to be eighty. <laughs> Dang. Jerry, I don't know how you do it, buddy. That is a man's man right there. Eighty two or eighty three? 82 years old, one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my whole life, and he still works just as hard. If he ain't working on the church, he's working at home, doing his list, checking it twice, doing it again. I know some other men in here that work just as hard. I want to see if you're still doing it when you're 82. (laughs) When you are, I'm like, hey, these guys right here. Woo-wee! Appreciate you guys. Just keep working for the Lord. So when you walked in here this morning, where's your enthusiasm? Did you come of a product of your circumstance? Or are you a product of Christ this morning and you're enthusiastic about that? You choose. You get to choose. He's given you that choice. So this morning I want you to choose before you walk out of this room. What are you choosing? Are you choosing the enthusiasm of the Lord because you're in Christ? Or are you choosing the world and the pain and the problems that he continues to cause you? It's only for a moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you could bring every single person that is here this morning to hear that we should always be entheos, enthusiastic, filled with enthusiasm and joy for you, Lord. Because of your sacrifice. Because of what it is that you have done for us. It's not what you give us. Not where we put ourselves in our own world. We choose where we're at in this world. It's not your fault. You gave us a choice. Lord God, I just pray that every person this morning that is here chooses you. So they can walk with enthusiasm no matter the circumstances. So they can walk knowing that someday, Lord, we will be in your arms in heaven.
1: And it was all because of